Welcome to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. The following interview is designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. Your host, Derek Champagne, is the founder and CEO of The Artist Evolution, a full-service agency building successful brands, marketing tools, and campaigns, and also the author of the best-selling book, Don't Buy a Duck. And now, let's begin today's Leadership Series interview. All right, welcome to the Business Leadership Series. I'm excited today. I've got Scott Rochelle. He is the president and CEO of the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Hey, Scott, the timing on this is cool for me because... My son and my relatives, we did our NBA fantasy draft. It's a lot of work to do that, but it's top of mind. Uh, my son says he's going to be in the NBA someday. He's 11. Uh, I want to share with him these articles and things we talked about today just to let him see the whole picture. But uh, your role, you oversee the Retired Players Association day-to-day operations, including new cutting-edge partnerships for former players to thrive and prosper. Uh, you're a rising star working closely with the NBA executive team, uh, philanthropic Thropic programs that involve the greatest names in the NBA. Uh, thank you for spending a few minutes today. No, thanks for having me. So uh, we connected. I saw a, a New York Times article called This is What Life After the NBA Looks Like. Uh, you were quoted in that article. So uh, caught my attention. I said, hey, can we talk for a few minutes? Because I find this fascinating. It's a topic that many people find fascinating, especially from the outside looking in. But wow, what an what an incredible uh, scenario it is. And, and people don't always realize the inside and what it looks like. And you work to, with it really closely. My big question for you, talk to me about some of the struggles that players find themselves in with their identity mm-hmm. after they leave professional sports. For sure. You know, being uh, an athlete at that level, is so specialized and so, so difficult to get to that level that the, your entire life, your entire, your, your, most of your childhood and your adult life is focused on that. You don't have the opportunity to, uh, to build out a lot of other interests, a lot of other identity pieces. You really focus on ball. And um, when the game stops, it typically stops without you. Um, it typically is a transition that isn't, um, you know, ceremonious. It isn't, uh, there, there are no press conferences for the vast majority of players. The, the phone just doesn't ring. Um, training camp comes and goes, you know, your the season starts, you're, you're hoping, you're calling your agent, you're figuring out something, you're trying to go overseas. If you're already overseas, you're trying to get back over. And then it ends, right? And then the question is, well, I'm not this person who's been specialized and focusing on this thing for my entire life. Who am I? And if there aren't people there to tell you and help you understand that um, in the very early stage of this, it, it can get really out of hand. You know, I think that we've been very fortunate in in recent years, that players have begun their transition. They've begun to think about what's really important to them, and not just as a basketball player, but as a, as a human being, um, being a father, being a husband, um, you know, and thinking about what else is out there for them and what defines them. We've seen that as of late, and it's worked really well for the transition. Now, obviously, there are outliers and players who are at a lower level who may not make as much. It's great, it's great money, but it isn't life-changing money where you can't, you don't have to work ever again. And right. so, um, you know, that tra- that transition is lonely. It's scary. It's for, you know, it's for us really the, the focal point of when we want to try and grab players and bring them into our community, you know, because we have all the, the programs, right? We have educational career programs. We do so much in health and wellness. The one thing we do that's most important is build the community and keep the community together. Players between ages of eight, you know, 25 and 95, 
They've all been part of a team. They've all been a part of basketball. They right. all understand with that community piece of it. So for us, it's keeping the community together, making sure you know where you belong, making sure you know the NVRPA is home for you. We may not have all the answers, but we're going to get there with you. We're going to help you figure some things out if something that you need falls outside of what we're doing. So, you know, that's my answer. I mean, that the the identity, the identity piece of it has to start before they're done playing. Uh, we try to encourage a lot of the, the interest inventories and work. We work closely with the MVPA now and their off the court program to make sure hmm. players understand that we exist. But before you get to us, you need to do some of the legwork on what your next chapter looks like. If you're on your last, if you're on a contract, that was a, that was a bear to negotiate. If you got called in late in the season, if you just made it through training camp cuts, you should start thinking about what's next. And it's not easy. No one wants to think about the end. Everyone wants to play forever. And the transition in anything can be difficult. But for us, we want to take some of the, the, the pain away from it, create some normalcy around the transition. You're not the only one. You're playing now. You're, you're going to be done. There are 1,500, 2,000 former players that, that exist right now in, in our universe vast majority of a part of our association. So how do we connect you with everyone else? Excuse me. Especially those who are successful and those who have uh, been able to find out what they want to do. It doesn't have to be coaching. It doesn't have to be broadcasting. We just want you to make sure you know who you are and what you want to do for the rest of your life because you're not retired. You're just transitioning out of one career. You're, you know, you may be 35 years old. You know, that's six years younger than me. There's not retirement. That, that one blows me away too. Is is right. people don't always think about that age. Is is having, you know, some some don't have the the marquee success as you mentioned, but to be officially retired, you've thought about this your whole life, and then you're in transition in your mid 30s, which I'm 46. Like to me, that seems like a long time ago. Right. I was telling my wife in preparation for our interview, I said, "Man, my early 30s, like I was just really figuring out who I was." Unfortunately, by that time, like I got through my 20s, and then imagine playing at that level, and then suddenly you're done. And exactly. the word I hear from a lot of pro athletes, retired pro athletes is isolation when there's an unexpected sever, that severance that happens. And so to provide a community for them, I think is really important. Here's something I read in the article. I can't help but read the comments. You probably didn't read the comments, but I like reading what people say. I take most of it with a grain of salt, but this one I found interesting because it was about my favorite team, the Knicks. Uh, someone said that they remember in the, uh, they remember the 1970s championship team. Unfortunately, that's the last time we had a championship, but they remember that that team, that that championship team in the 80s, uh, uh, one of the comments said, I must have seen every one of the starters walking through Manhattan in a suit on their way to work. And this is the 70s championship team is in the 80s walking through on the way to work. Like it, they had a full transition. And, and the article talks about some that were uh, like Dave Bing, who were working off season as a bank teller and then a branch manager. And, and we don't really think of those kinds of, of that. that And that brings me into the, the transition of one is how athletes have become celebrities at the, at the highest level. And there's an opportunity for them to leverage that if that's appropriate, uh, which we see things like open sponsorship and these different programs out there for an NIL and all the opportunities overseas bigger than ever. We see athletes going into China and being superstars. I don't know, Tracy McGrady and others like that after retired. What is that transition? Because I know that you help players continue endorsement deals and things like that. Tell me about that, because it, it's it's the the way that they it, the, that that industry has shifted is just incredible. It's profound from the seventies and eighties to today. Well, let, let's start with let's start off with your story. I mean, the seventies to eighties, uh, players were players were obviously affluent. There wasn't life changing money. 
And so right. what we have now is a player who plays five to eight years. That's life changing money. You may not have to work again. You you really have what you need if you've been smart with your money. A player who's played 13 years in the modern era right now is going to be a, a, unbelievably wealthy, right? Um, so we 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 used to talk about the transition with regard to um, you know what what your your next work steps are. Some of the players now, they don't need money. They just need to know what interests them, what engages their interest, what keeps them busy, keeps them going. You have all the money in the world, but if you don't have any direction or purpose, that is when the mental health component can really come in because you don't look depressed. You don't, from the outside, you don't look like the typical case. Everything's fine. You have a great career. You've had championships. You've got all the money in the world, but you're, like you said, isolated. You don't know what yeah. to do with yourself. You're trying to figure those things out. And again, you know, we, we want to make sure that players are, are constantly thinking about who they are outside of this being a basketball player. We had a, a seminar recently at the NDPA where the facilitator had every player go around the room and say, who are you? But you can't use these eight words. Of course, those words are basketball and career and everything but related to basketball. And what's right. funny was, that, you know, every player did a good job with it, but they said, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Yeah. You know, these are things that you remove basketball is really who they are. And so the transition now for players, obviously, with social media and a lot of the things that are happening with player branding and players owning their brand is, you know, the shelf life of a, of, of a, of a name and a, and a marketing and marketing ability. It just continues on and on and on. Right. NBA is a global, very, very global game. You see the NBA just came back from um, Abu Dhabi. Uh, in, the, in past years, it's been China, Japan. Um, right. uh, the market there is strong. They're building that base. We, we took, you know, about 10 former players over there, and they were able to stay pretty busy with appearances and activations that kept their name going. In, wow. in other places outside the country, the, the, the players who you may not suspect be superstars have great popularity. And so we've been able to really uh, get, um, you know, acclimated with the global landscape as to what the market is, helping players go overseas and continue if they want to continue playing, if they want to just go over and do autograph signings and different things in the in the, um, in the tech space. All those things are available to them. And it really is nice to be able uh, to not be as limited as active players because we have all the time in the world. Uh, we don't have the same restrictions. And, you know, sometimes we may be a little bit easier to work with based on uh, uh, personalities. But <laughs> you know, all those things are really good for our players to to know and to understand. And if you grasp it, if you really can, you know, use social media, stay active, stay in front of the right people, your career and your branding, your legacy can stretch on long, long, late, long after most players in the 70s, 80s and 90s could because there weren't the avenues to do that. I know players are going to miss being on the court. That's natural. I had a former life in music and I missed the stage. I just miss it. And I went through a similar transition, not the same, same level, but of, of trying to figure out what my identity was when I switched from the entertainment to the business side and tried to figure that out. And it was, it was a lonely time in figuring that out. I think I really, it seems like if it was positioned early enough, like you're doing, it would actually be fun thinking about what that transition is. Yes, I won't be on the court, but think of that free time I'll have to enjoy my family, enjoy the fans, uh, have that space to travel and do those things without the worry and the stress. It seems like that would be a fun transition if it was positioned early enough with that athlete. And I think current players are, are showing you that. They're players who are, yeah. you know, controversial. You know, controversially, I think they're players who are, don't want to play basketball anymore. You know, it's a means <laughs> to an end. It's a career for them, right. but... You know, if given an opportunity to play 
48 instead of 70, you know, 70, 82 games, they'll, they'll take that. They're th- right. they're not thinking about playing, trying to get 82 games in every every, every season anymore. They're figuring how to right. use my body. How do I take some time for myself? Prioritize other things. Um, you know, I, I I do see that amongst current players now. I, I I can look at players and say he's done playing. He's just he's just keeping himself busy until the next thing really hits, which is interesting right. because you have invested right. in the tech space. You have all the things that um, Andre Iguodala has kind of led in Silicon Valley. He's not the only one. There's so many players that are working very closely with venture capitalists trying to figure out what they want to get into and, and rent. It's not just being involved is ownership. It's how do I right. own this but get my hands dirty, understand what it is, spending the summers and off seasons at Columbia and other Ivy League schools through programming to make sure that I'm up to speed on things. We're seeing that now. It really is more prevalent. And the result of it is more ownership and better business savvy from active players. I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, I'll, I'll bet money on it, but you know, LeBron is the only player that has aspirations to own an NBA team. I say, you know, 10 to 15 years, you'll see the current players now with very, very prominent ownership ownership positions in not just the NBA, but across a lot of sports because they yeah, well. They've mastered yeah. the ability to, to be marketable, uh, drive TV contracts through the roof. And, and now they're able to, to take that and, and leverage it into a completely different transition. So, um, you know, again, that's something very, very high end. On, the, on the low end. You know, that's where we come in. That's where we come in to help those players who need to figure out the new, their next career. Um, you know, we have a, a universe of not just NBA, but former WNBA players, um, even the older ABA players. And then we have the Harlem Hotels as part of our membership. Oh, wow. Really for the historical perspective of, you know, Early in the NBA's uh, in NBA's days, they need the Harvard Wildcatters to fill stadiums. So uh, we're doing a lot across a lot of different channels here. But you know, really, we're we're trying to make sure we make sure the community comes first, so that isolation is is limited, so that the information is easily shared. And the community is the best way to share information and culture. We want to make sure no one is is on the outside not understanding how to get scholarships for their kids, how to finish their degree, how to how to interview how to brush up your resume. Um, right. you know, if, you have, if you have pains and aches, who to work with in, in the health and wellness space, if you have mm. substance abuse, the resources are there. The worst thing we can do as an organization is not be there for them. And so right. you know, a lot of what we're doing right now is about awareness of who we are and, and how we can help. And you know, a lot of the focus in the business right now for us has been positioning ourselves in spaces where Players will know who we are. We're, we become a brand name. We become kind of a fixture in the basketball world. Um, so, you know, things is similar to um, what the Hall of Fame has done with building out their college events. We, we now do college events. We have a wow. uh, really nice um, quadruple header in Chicago on December 17th that we're doing. And, you know, the goal was to focus on former players who are coaching in college. We were somewhat successful. Scheduling is difficult. Anyone knows that business and knows it can be pretty tough. Right. But, you know, Jerry Stackhouse, Kim English, you know, they're they're both bringing uh, their schools, Vanderbilt, George wow. Mason. Um, but there's going to be great matchups. And, you know, moving forward the next few years, we want to continue to do that. Uh, we've got a great charity game. We're raising money for the community and it was specifically the John McClendon Foundation at the end of this month, October 28th in Frisco, Texas. So, you know, it, it, it helps us get our resources back into the community. Um, we provide NIL money for those college players. And it, I like I like it because it feels as if the retired players are giving back and showing right. those players what's right. happening. But most importantly, we want we want the industry to know who we are. 
Um, the more awareness we have, the better. It, you know, if we're able to help players and save them from the isolation and in a in a troubling transition, then we've done our job. So, uh, at the December seventeenth, the October twenty eighth event, uh, should they go to the website legendsofbasketball.com to learn more information about that? Absolutely. The the Legends okay. Classic is uh, October twenty eighth in Frisco, Texas, Gonzaga versus Tennessee. Again, fundraising is a pay per view event, the first of its kind for college hoops, hoping to right. uh, to to break into a, a new normal for uh, fundraising and, and revenue generation in the space. And then the, the quadruple header will be on CBS Sports Network on December 17th, United Center. Awesome, exciting. Um, I have a question for you. I get to go to take my son to the uh, All-Star 2023 games in Salt Lake that whole weekend. I'm excited about that, watching the practices, going to the to the Legends lunch and those things. Are you doing something there this year? Uh, a, a little bit more than something. We're doing a lot. So uh, as you know, the uh, the weekend concludes with the Legends Brunch, which is an, an awesome yes. thousand person brunch that we work with the NBA on. But we're able to feature the, the players from that region who are able to uh, come back. And, you know, we honor the Legend of the Year and the Humanitarian of the Year within our space. And with Utah being a city that we haven't been to in my 10 years for All-Stars, excited all right. to get to honor those legends. But uh, in all, we usually bring about 150 to 200 of our former players players back for All-Star Weekend. Wow. Probably one of the NBA's yeah. larger partners at, at the weekend because we have the history of the game. We, you know, we still want to be involved. We still want to have um, an activity level that's very high with, you know, everything that goes on that weekend. So we'll probably be there Thursday through Sunday with activations, parties, um, you know, community events or our Legends Care initiatives, all those things. And so it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a nice for us because it'll be hopefully uh, the first real All Star back. Um, right. COVID. Right. You know, Cleveland Cleveland was a, a little bit of a, a hit or miss and uh, some uncertainty around what it was going to look like. I think we know what Salt Lake City is going to look like. So we're excited about that to kind of get back to our normal routine with how All Star looks. That's super exciting. So again, legendsofbasketball.com to see all the uh, events that are coming up and how you can get involved. Any final things you want to share with us, Scott? Uh, you know, tune in December 17th, CBS Sports Network. Um, you know, if, if you're if, if you're a Gonzaga, Tennessee, or just a College Hoops fan, October 28th, pay-per-view, go to the website, you'll see the link uh, to order. Or if you're in the Frisco area, Dallas area, come out, tickets are on sale. It all goes to a great cause. Uh, Legends Care right now supporting the John McClendon Foundation. And all the work that we do really does go back into the communities. We, we focus on transition. We raise money for the transition, but the money we raise really is going back into communities through youth empowerment, education, and basketball awareness. So um, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, you know, we really look forward to the future and what 2023 has to offer. Yeah, Scott, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending a few minutes and uh, continue to watch the great things that you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Business Leadership Series, where we engage with leaders who are making an impact on their worlds and who want to share their knowledge and experience for your personal and professional growth. This interview was designed to inspire you to become the best leader you can be. 